Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the roundtable discussion podcast where we talk about the classics. My name is Chase, and I will be your mostly quiet producer. Today, we continue our more experimental season by taking a dip back to our roots and discuss Shakespeare as a larger topic, specifically the villains. The format here is just a little strange, uh, but we do a pretty good job of explaining it in the middle of the episode, so I will just let Past Us take care of that for you today. Don't worry, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be doing a few of these episodes in a row, so be sure to let us know how you feel about them at ShakespearePod on Twitter. If you want to support us, you can do so at our network Patreon at patreon.com slash ghostlightmedia. You can also find our website with a link to the merch store at shakespearepod.com. And now, on with the show. So I mentioned to my Shakespeare-minded student that this was on the docket mm-hmm. and was immediately told, send it to me. <laughs> and within five minutes, she had filled out the villain bracket and had her winner. Awesome. I'm excited Incredible. to know. Incredible. We should actually, we should post this out. We will post. Oh, no. When, when this episode bracket. goes live, this ep- the, uh, the villain bracket will be posted uh, to the Ghostlight Media Patreon. Cassie, please remind me to post this to the Ghostlight Media Patreon. Yeah, we we'll definitely need this on the Discord and see. We want, you know. Oh. Yeah, it'll be on the Discord ahead of time. Yeah, we need, we need uh, you know, Rin and Pat and... Uh, Hardly wants to get everybody else to fill this out on their own, uh, but without listening to us first. Yeah, exactly. I did tell Griffin that we were going to be doing this, and he got very excited. So I, yes. I think we should. Start... So we should stop talking ab- around what we're doing so, and start talking so about is, about what we're doing. Hi, welcome to Shakespeare. Yep. Ooh, look, they did it together. I know. We're well. We're in. We're still drift compatible from uh, doing from the King and Yellow. Yeah. <laughs> Drift. That weird fucking book. That compatible. Weird book. Yes, Chase and I are drift compatible. Uh, That's right. Okay, well, but good. we are talking about neither Pacific Rim nor weird racist horror stories. We're gonna but fight kaiju. True. I wouldn't say kaiju might come up. And Shakespeare villains. Um, but yeah, this is Science kind of a kaiju. This is April Madness. April Madness. Because it's not uh, March. April... No, actually, It'll no. Be... This is May Madness. This by the time. Well. Uh... This, this episode is... will drop in April. First one will. This, okay, yeah. April May Madness. April May April, Madness. May Madness. Spring uh, Madness. Spring <laughs> Spring and early summer, we might leak into June. Madness. <laughs> madness. It's crazy. Villains, the, the villains bracket. The villains of Shakespeare. So when we were discussing, hey, we've done a lot of just random plays and classics. Let's get back to Shakespeare with something. And we said, let's. Let's do a villain bracket. Let's decide who is the most villainous character in all of Shakespeare. Um, I put the bracket together. Mm-hmm. It's a great bracket. Uh, so it's great. It is a really good bracket. Thank you. I had a very good time creating this the seating, bracket. The seating was pretty good, too. I didn't really have any complaints about the seating. I thought it was good. Uh, so here was my methodology for creating the Shakespeare villain bracket. I started with the list of all the plays... And I wrote in the villain for every play. So every play has at least one villain as an option. Some plays have two. But there there were some plays where there really are more than one villain. Right? And then I was running into the issue of some comedies don't really have a villain character. Like Midsummer Night's Dream doesn't really have a villain. But there are 
there villainous are bad, concepts. And there are bad guys. There's are bad guys. So some villains <clears throat> are people. Some villains are ideas. And then I, I paired them up. Um, if, if a play had more than one, I tried for the first seed to be deciding what who is the villain of that play. So I did play against itself. Um, there were a couple that had like three, um, which is why our fourth quadrant is going to get a little weird and random with the pairings because it was just filling in the gaps. I'm fine um, with and it. Then, it was good. And then honestly, uh, I just kind of went alphabetical by title. That was my seeding process. <laughs> <laughs> it works so out. Way it, it works. The way it was listed in an alphabetical uh, list that you were looking at list was said too many times. All right, let's go. So, all right, so yeah, start so with our first quadrant. Before we before we dive in too much, I do also want to say um, we really hope you like this because we're going to be hanging out here for a little while uh, due to scheduling reasons. We are going to be recording several of these episodes in a row, and we will not be able to record anything else for a couple of months. So we're going to be doing a couple of these. They're going to be some shorter episodes. Let us know what you think. Um, Give us some feedback. Yeah, for sure. You find us in in multiple places through uh, the Ghostlight Media Patreon and Discord. Uh, or you can find us on Twitter. I will drop our Twitter handles in here our as little well. I haven't been doing Twitter. I mean, I'm on Twitter a lot, but I'm on but it. you don't use Twitter. I use I mean, Twitter. Yeah, I stalk people on Twitter. Is that the same? Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. about the same. That's most of Twitter. That's most of Twitter. Yeah, and Fair enough. getting people- real mad. That's Twitter. Yeah. Twitter God, is they, people get so Twitter mad. Twitter is it's real. True. Would but you say they get Twitter painted? I would. I would on a regular basis. All right, guys. Time's a wasting. Oh, let's right. start arguing. Let's do this and get Twitter hated. <laughs> Twitter Don't got to twist their arms. So, top of the order. So, top of the order. Please do the, the bum bum like. Uh, bum bum. The, the ring match starting. Yeah. Bell sound. I thought we were going. Ding, ding, ding. I thought we were going. Dun dun. Yeah. Like I thought we were doing Dick Wolf for there for yeah, a second. We're doing some <laughs> Dick Wolf. <laughs> so our first matchup Ding. is Bertram from All's Well That Ends Well versus Octavius from Antony and Cleopatra. This one was easy for me. This that was, was an just easy, Bertram. This was an that easy was... one for me too. I went straight Bertram. Yeah, Octavius Bertram. is just doing what anybody he's doing would emperor do. of rome shit yeah i i don't even know that like i know that he's the villain as in he wants to take what antony and cleopatra want away he's trying to get uh, all augustus up in here but if you're talking about who is like more despicable of a human being bertram is a terrible human uh, bertram's it's, it's bertram. a scumbag like I don't know that Octavius beats people, but I I remember Bertram at least hits his servant. So yes, yeah, Bertram's a real so, shitbag. So I think this was an easy one. Boom. All right, I gotta put it in our official bracket, and we will have this bracket posted. Uh, we encourage you to fill. I it want out. people to go Shakespeare Spring Mad. Yeah, I, I am... want to get text messages. And Twitters from people going, how could you have picked them? That's terrible. Oh, yeah, at me. Yeah. Already looking forward to the Facebook chat with Tyler Lemons. You'll need to build another chicken coop, though, because I think that one's done. (laughs) Yeah, somebody, yeah, please add us on Twitter and be mad. 
Okay, so our next pairing is Duke Frederick from As You Like It. He's the the Usurper. one who took the land from his brother yes. and mm-hmm. banished yep. his nieces. Versus Antiphilus of Syracuse from Comedy of Errors, who's just responsible for every single mishap in that play. And he's a dick bag, so he got my vote. Yeah, I straight I went Antiphilus. Agreed. Antiphilus mm-hmm. of Syracuse. Of Syracuse. He causes there it is. everything bad that happens in that play. He's an entitled twat waffle. Like, yeah. That's. He may win the whole thing. Who knows? He's a dark horse. I think things get real dark towards the third, the the fourth bracket. The, the, the third quadrant's pretty, pretty like, tight. Like um, if this was something I could structure so that we could make people fight, like I'd have Titus hit Bertram up, just to, just to destroy. Yeah, this isn't the, this isn't who would win in a fight. Though I would also be interested in that bracket. Look, oh yeah, no, if we, I'm we pick a champion win, for each if show. I'm, if I'm picking who's gonna win the fight. Then yeah, Octavius would have beat the shit out of Bertram. Coriolanus is coming soon, and he will fuck people <laughs> up. Coriolanus versus Titus, who would win? That's not the next Coriolanus, one. Coriolanus is not as old as Titus. <laughs> Titus has got more years under him. Ah, More experience. I know, old age and treachery defeats youth and skill any day, but Coriolanus is real mad. Yeah, but Titus... <laughs> Like, Titus re- is way like, way smarter, and he's also super mad. Titus is but... mad like crazy, and Coriolanus is mad like his mother never loved him. <laughs> but that bracket is not this bracket. We can do that bracket if people are interested. The badass in Shakespeare bracket. Who's the biggest mm-hmm. badass? Yes. We can we can do that for sure. Um, okay, but we're all in agreement about Antiphilus. Antiphilus yeah. is Syracuse. Yeah. Next one, I think we might get some debate on because now we have Coriolanus from Coriolanus, and we have Claudius from Hamlet. So I went Coriolanus, um, sheer body count, sheer body count on this one. Uh, Claudius, like if they're both rulers, which they are, Claudius killed a dude, maybe a little incest, depending on how you how you read the situation. And well, technically, yeah, he's he not related to his new wife until he marries her. <laughs> they're brother and sister-in-law, so I mean, yeah, they're not really related. It's not. It's not. England. And he like he tried to kill his stepson, it's not Prince Philip. So he maybe has two deaths. Two. Hamlet has as many deaths, if not more. But Coriolanus is also my pick. Like Claudius, yes, Claudius probably like villainy. Maybe Claudius wins. Coriolanus is a better villain because you give a shit about Coriolanus. You don't give a shit. No, about Claudius. see, there's where you're wrong because I don't. <laughs> and I said Claudius just because I feel like his actions are more like underhanded um, and devious. I feel like Coriolanus is fairly straightforward. In his, uh, yeah, Coriolanus is definitely more straightforward than Claudius. So was Hitler more straightforward? All right, actually, Hitler was... we're we're at like eleven <laughs> minutes in, and we got the Hitler reference already out of the way. Wow, Coriolanus. Wow, so the way I read him is, he honestly just believes he is right to rule 
so much that he is that what he thinks is right that he just kills everybody who doesn't agree with him. That's not true. That's not the play at all. That's what I read. Dude, do you know how to read? No. <laughs> I thought we would have figured that out by now. It's uh, been over a hundred podcasts. The best fucking yeah, it's got all, me it's with been that audiobooks from beginning Unexpected. to end. Well played. Now listen, I don't have strong enough feelings about this one to fight. Like, I'm not going to dig my claws in on Claudius versus Cornelius. You're not going to dig your claws in about Claudius? I'm going to come over to your house tomorrow, Beth, and punch you in your She's getting all... She's going to get... Oh, wow. You're going to punch me in my She doesn't want to fight you Yeah, she's been dropping that particular one all week, and it's very rude. She doesn't want to fight you about Claudius. She just wants to fight you. She just wants to fight Beth in a parking lot. What? No parking lots. Chase and I met up once in a parking lot. It was really creepy. It was. It was a tennis court. And somebody they was traded off microphones us. in a parking lot. I know. Yep. Rossford's shady. It is. <laughs> okay. But the point stands. I'm willing to accept Coriolanus as the answer to this, right. this match. All right. Well, Beth right. and I want Coriolanus for completely different reasons. <laughs> Sheer body count. All right. So he'll go into the official bracket. Next, we have a team up from one play. So the play is Cymbeline. And so we're deciding who is the true villain of Cymbeline. And we have the queen. And we have overly complicated tests of love and loyalty. So our first conceptual villain. Overly complicated so, tests of love and loyalty. That's where I went as well. And my reasoning goes beyond just the one play. Because I feel that this particular villain comes into multiple plays. Actually, and I did I take that into account as well. Yes. Um, yes. So while the queen villainous, she doesn't ruin multiple people's lives the same way that Shakespeare chooses overly complicated tests of love to do it. I agree. I think for this play in particular, yeah, the queen is in opposition to our main characters, but it really is these overly complicated tests that, fuck shit up yep and and because they make repeat appearances they've got some extra staying power i'm going with that too all Um, right so we're in agreement there next we've got a henry matchup we have hotspur from henry the fourth part one up against the dauphin from henry the fifth i picked hotspur because i fucking love him so, I rooted for him. This is this is tough because both kill Henrys. <laughs> well, because because Hotspur is not a fucking villain. <clears throat> he it depends on who's writing. I history. chose the Dauphin because he's actually a villain. It depends on who's writing history. The Dauphin is not a villain if it's the French telling the story. Look, Hotspur take, is a villain. I'm going to take the John Corbin track. Uh-huh. Fuck the French. Oh, good. Fuck the French. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know what? You want to know what? You want to know what? Fuck the what? French. Fuck the French. It's all because of that uh, one French Canadian he met. It was because of that one Quebecois roommate that he had in college. <laughs> fucking hates the French. All right, Cassie, tie break us. I went with Hotspur purely for efficiency. Like, 
for the effectiveness of the ability to carry out what he was attempting to carry out. Because the Defont is completely ineffectual. So, like, yeah, technically he starts a war, I guess. But he gets his ass handed to him on several occasions. And and he himself is not really in charge of anything. At some point in time, I mean, he and the French are pretty much just the French knights from that Monty Python... Uh, and the Holy Grail sitting up on the top of their... Uh, in your general direction. Yeah, like, with the siege of the city, that's all it is. They're just tapping on their helmet, blowing raspberries. But I feel like... I, I don't know that I would characterize Hotspur as, like, a villain. Hotspur's not a villain. That's why I voted against him for this. But, but he stands in opposition to the central figure of the play. It's true. So he is who the bastard is up against. Right? By the way, this is the perfect beer for a make Cassie drink this beer. If we were in person. Does that say candy beans? It says candy beans. Yes. Oh, God. I'm so glad we're not in person. Um, If you can, if you end up in this neck of the woods, either of you end up in this neck of the woods sooner rather than later. (laughs) uh, Ice tier. Front of the show. Ice tier brewing has a fantastic strawberry rhubarb beer. Ooh. It's real good. Bob, if I, you like strawberry rhubarb. I'm gonna have to, I do. I do. I'm going to have to hit yeah. Chris up. Yeah, you are. All right. So Beth said Hotspur. I said Hotspur. Ryan said the Dauphin. Chase, where are you coming in? Hotspur. Yay! J- just more fun to watch him work. It is. He's so sexy and, while he does it for just a piece of paper with some words. And listen... <laughs> Neither Hotspur nor the Dauphin is going to win this whole thing. Oh, so no, in the end, no, this sure. this bracket doesn't them. really matter. It's unlikely that either is going to make it past the next round. <laughs> right. But, like I said, I don't believe Hotspur is a villain. I'm just going on the record for that. Okay. All right. All right. Our next matchup is to decide the villain of Henry IV Part Two. Our contenders are Falstaff. And Youthful Folly and Temptation. Youthful Folly and Temptation. I am also going Youthful Folly and Temptation. Same. Falstaff Falstaff can't be a villain without Youthful Folly and Temptation. Exactly. He has no power here. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Basically, he's just just yelling at Gandalf. So, Ryan and I used to know this guy back 20 years ago. We'll call him Taxi Cab Driver Dave. Oh, Dave, yes. <laughs> he would not have been able to tell us so many conspiracy theories uh, and had us spend so much time talking to him if it weren't for youthful folly. Yes, that is 100% he was true. Full of shit. We spent a lot of time at Big Boy listening to taxi cab driver Dave. He is Phyllis that, by the way. Full of bullshit. That guy is who I picture in my head for Falstaff all of the time. Either that or Bob Hoskins. That's it. I actually, I pictured Taxi Cab Driver Dave as the human personification of QAnon. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because 20 years ago, he was like proto-QAnon. Yeah. At Big Boy. That's where it started. He (laughs) might be Cubals and everything. He might. Look, I'd I'd fucking believe it. He might be Q. I'll show you, I'll bring a picture down of him someday and you'll be like, oh, that makes sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yes, I I agree. Youthful falling temptation because nothing that Falstaff is able to do 
in opposition to moving the plot forward, would he be able to do without and, and nobody Henry's over the proclivity age, to? Nobody over the age of 20 falls for his bullshit. Nope. Yeah. Which is All why right. in Henry V, Falstaff's not a problem. Nope. Exactly. All right. So now we move on. We need to determine the villain for Henry VI, <laughs> part two. Our choices are necromancy and Richard III. It's always necromancy. But he's not Richard III yet. It's Richard, Duke of York. But but he is Richard old. III. But it's he, still necromancy. It's still always necromancy. <laughs> it's always necromancy. <laughs> if you have the choice between two villains, mm-hmm. and one of them is necromancy, it's the probably only be way that it could be Richard the Third is if he was performing the necromancy. <laughs> right. And since he's not, since it's he's that not one scene of necromancy. The necromancy. I want you to know that somebody sent me a message about a necro a pope. Who practiced necromancy? Who was from Portugal? Apparently, God smashed his house and mm-hmm. killed him. But I didn't get a name. I want to know what pope that was. I, too. I, what, I also want to know why Portuguese pope have we had? I only one. There's only even one Portuguese pope. This should be real easy to figure out. Next bracket. <laughs> All right. Next, we have an interesting matchup because it's Richard the Third against himself. I vote Richard but the III. But is Richard the III more I, villainous than from III? Henry VI Part Three, or from Richard the Third? So I said from Richard the Third. I just said Richard the Third because I couldn't be wrong. I I also just said <laughs> Richard the Third because I couldn't be wrong. And I well, couldn't. I went for the nuance twats. So a nuance twat. <laughs> Do you want a bland one? <laughs> I was mostly just tickled as I was putting this together that Richard III was the villain for three separate plays. Oh, no, I love that, looking at the bracket, seeing Richard III, Richard III, Richard III. <laughs> Richard III. Uh, but I agree. I think Richard III from Richard III because that's when he's at the height of his villainy. It's when he contemplates killing two boys. And, and maybe does so. And maybe does so. Jury's still out. A donkey. A donkey. A donkey for my backyard? Uh, it's a... It's the Worms Armageddon version of a horse, a horse, my kingdom for a horse. Uh, yeah. Worms is great. I haven't played that in years. I loved that game back back 20 years ago. Back in the, back in the day? Yeah. Back in the way back. It was a Thursday. It probably was. Really? At least once. So, right, and that's our... That's that's quadrant one. That's quadrant so, one. So who made it through? So we so have rundown. we've got Bertram from All's Well That Ends Well. He will be up against Antiphilus of Syracuse when next we discuss this quadrant. We have Coriolanus, who will be up against overly complicated tests of love and loyalty. Okay. We have Hotspur, who will be up against youthful folly and temptation. Okay. And necromancy against Richard the Third. So I only I only had one not make it through, and that's because Hotspur got past the Dauphin, and I picked the Dauphin. Your bracket's already broken. No, Go home. Well, it's not completely busted because I have whoever is losing, whoever won that one was losing to losing the next round anyway. So maybe, maybe. 
Yeah, probably. Hotspur's not making it through. He is no. useful folly. <laughs> exactly. And temptation. How can you, how can you defeat temptation. yourself? It's true. Ugh. But that will be the next time we return to Quadrant 1. Yes. Um. So... So, uh, let's just keep going. Let's keep going. So, we're moving over to Quadrant 2. If you're following along in your bracket, we're going to the upper right-hand side now. Continuing on with the Henrys, our first matchup is to decide the villain for Henry VI Part 1. We have the French versus that Red Rose. If it wasn't for that fucking Red Rose. I went for the French. I went for the Red Rose. I went for the, I went I feel for like, the Red Rose. I feel like the I, Red Rose is what started everything. But I accepted. Because Henry VI is uh, too quick to anger. But I, I accepted when I decided to go the, you want to know what, John Corbin school of thought, that the French <laughs> uh, were going to be the villain there uh, that was going to beat the Red Rose. All right, so the boys say the French, the girls say the Rose. I did say the French. So I guess we're going to have to, what, a coin flip here, or we're going to have to argue we're it out? duke this out. Let's argue it out for a little bit. Yeah. These are both more abstract. Like, yeah, the French are tangible, but it's kind of a concept I mean, at this technically point. the Red Rose is tangible as well. <laughs> True. But, but the... it is a single flower against an entire nation. <laughs> But it's what the Red Rose represents. Yeah, but the Red Rose isn't doing anything. It's just inconvenient. The French have intent. It's not inconvenient. The French are way more It's a symbol of taking sides and civil disruption. But which one of these launches us into Henry VI Part Two? It's the Red Rose. It's true. Yeah, but and... the Red Rose didn't mean to do that. <laughs> but rem- the Red Rose didn't even intend to do that. I'm but sorry, also, is remember, intention mattering now? Also, remember, <laughs> Henry VI Part One mattered so little that we did Henry VI Part One and Henry VI Part Two as one fucking episode. That's how Look, little... Okay, so if you consider both of them together, who's the greater villain? The French. The French who are, like, done in the first half? The French. Look, in my mind, the Red Rose, because of the Red Rose, we got a Henry VI Part Two and a Henry VI Part Three, which is way too many Henrys. So the Red Rose is the fucking villain. The Red Rose is the meta villain for Beth. She dreams. It's the villain she, against us. She has night terrors about I that will not red have rose. Red Roses in my house. She has, it's a white rose only. She has night terrors about the fucking red rose. That and losing my teeth. It's very strange. <laughs> Dreams about your teeth falling out are a sign that you are feeling anxious about having no control over some aspect of your life. My life is completely out of control right now. And I did have a go. dream about losing teeth last night. So Yes. Yes. Teeth falling out dreams are actually very common. I know. Hey, I know. Hey, you can just move to the house next to us, though, Beth. It's I know. Sale. Hannah's working on it. It's for sale now. <laughs> Hannah's yeah. working on it. Yeah. All right. So, for sale sign if neither today. party will concede, mm-hmm. I feel like we do have to go with a coin flip. Okay. I will concede. No, it's fine. <laughs> nope. Never surrender, Beth. Red Rose. That's what the French do. That is what the French do. Hey. Fuck the French. No. The French, the French would concede. A- the French have a long, a long, proud military history 
of retreating? No. The French are the staunchest allies Francis. the United States has ever had. Thank you very much. General <laughs> Marquis de Lafayette. There would not be a guns. United States for you to talk and shit ships. about the French in if not, the balance for, if not for Lafayette. All right, we're so, going to decide this with... So we're going to decide this with a die roll. No, so I, I have I, I a big, chunky D20. Nice about, I already talked nice about the French. So we're going to say... I want odds. I, I, I'm going to do high and low. Oh, high and low. Not odds and evens? I could do odds. Fine, I'll do odds and evens. Thank you. I wanted to win okay. something. So if it's an odd, then the rose moves on. If it's an even, the French move on. Okay. Clear spot for this. <laughs> Make sure we get good, good audio on the chunk, chunk, chunk of this thing. Oh, we it's it's a nice spar, uh, spike, and it's an eleven. Red, red rose. rose. All right, the red rose moves on. That's fine. I I talked nice about the French, so I feel like I had to concede my point anyway. You did. All right, our next team up is to decide the villain for Henry VIII. Not in contention is the fact that the play exists in the first place. Which fine was Beth's villain all along. I have to take that out of all of my brackets. Please pause. <laughs> she had it winning. She just added it in. <laughs> she, had, she had Henry she just, existing. Actually, all the way to the end is fucking Henry. <laughs> That's just it. But our two... Uh, Two contenders are Cardinal Wolsey and Henry's desire for a son. Now, I'm wishy-washy on this one. Okay. Because when I first filled it out, I was like, absolutely, it's Henry's desire for a son. Look at how many women's lives were disrupted by this stupid desire for a son. How terrible and awful of him. But Cardinal Wolsey has been pulling the strings for a while. See, and that's ultimately, I originally also leaned towards Henry's desire for a son, but settled on Wolsey because of the Wolsey's bullshit. So what I want is convince me one way or the other. Okay. What did you have? I said desire for a son. I also had desire for a son. So am I the only one firmly in the Wolsey camp? Yeah, I go back and forth on this because I mean I vacillated at first, but I ultimately settled on Wolsey. I can I can the see where you're coming from. Is the just mowing through all of those queens? Except the point of the play, we only get two of them, so and you that's can't the even thing. you if can't even bring up the queens that happen later. They don't exist as far as the play is concerned. Yeah, I guess I guess that's a really good argument because for me, I'm looking at it from a historical standpoint and looking at the entirety of King Henry VIII, knowing that his desire for a son really did fuck a lot of shit up. But we but only get if we're looking just at this play, two of them. It really is the cardinal. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. I'm willing to be convinced stri- strictly at the text. It's Wolsey. Now, All if right, you look, yes, it is historically, 100. percent Henry's desire for a son, I agree. But the church, I mean, you could even take it back to this. The Church of England, the establishment of the Church of England led to the death of Princess Diana even. So, I mean, his desire for a son, if we look historically, has fucked a lot of shit I'm up. Sorry, I thought John Mulaney was responsible for the death of Princess Diana. John Mulaney is responsible. John Mulaney was over on the bench. <laughs> I was over on the bench. I was over on the bench. John Mulaney is... Most responsible for my stomach hurting when I laugh too hard, <laughs> and having Chris go, "What? Yeah. What are you watching?" 
Watching John Mulaney the again. Same John Mulaney sketch I've seen 18 times. But it's still funny. It's yeah. still funny. I gotta rewatch Sack Lunch Bunch sometime. That's real good. He's so funny. But yeah, so I I think Woolsey? Is that what we Yeah, Woolsey right. is moving on. Alright, our next matchup is Cassius from Julius Caesar versus Edmund from King Lear. Alright, this one took some thought. More thought than it probably needed. I ended up going with Edmund. I also went with Edmund. I went with Edmund because Julius Caesar remains the one Shakespeare play I have still never read. Yeah. Um, yeah. Somehow we got through a whole <laughs> podcast and Cassie still avoided reading that one. I had a tech week when we did Julius Caesar. I couldn't be there for recording. I just want you to know that I've read more Shakespeare than you have. <laughs> <laughs> you have. You have. But I can't read. Don't forget that. I did. I did. Yes, exactly. Also, it was yeah. all. It was all watching it and listening to it. Mostly. Uh, but yes, I I went with Edmund. Edmund's a real from Lear. Self. Edmund yeah. is, so Edmund stirs every pot. Because again, Cassius is doing what he thinks is right. Cassius believes he's doing what's right by the people, though. At least yes. Edmund is doing what's right by Edmund. I mean, right. is Cassius so, flavored by also what is good for Cassius? Yes. But he also still thinks that what he is doing benefits the people of Rome. Right, he thinks he benefits the people of Rome. Edmund doesn't care if he be benefits king. anyone except for he himself. won't be king, and he plays the sisters against each other. So he's yeah, just he's just a slimy. Part. He's just slimy out motherfucker. For yeah, yeah. So Edmund is what I picked too. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Uh, what is possibly my favorite team up here? We have King John. We're deciding the villain for King John. And the contenders are King John and the lack of Robin Hood. Lack of Robin Hood. Yeah, that's what I picked too. Because the only problem with King John is it's the Robin Hood story without Robin Hood. Exactly. Robin Hood could have fixed everything if Shakespeare had just included him. Uh, I had the lack of Magna Carta. Well, nope. there, that is is a serious serious, uh, lack. It's the... The one good thing he did, and he just fucking blew past well, it. And he was forced uh, into it. Like, it, like he didn't choose to do the Magna Carta. I'm sorry, Carta. this isn't sixth grade history class. <laughs> the Magna Carta was the wrong answer. What is this? I, look, the Magna I, this I knew eight... I was. I knew I was going under for this one. I didn't care. That's this... what, you know. As everyone who does any write-ins, uh, candidates has to feel. You don't care if you go down with your ship. I also didn't know write-ins were allowed, so there, I've got some changes they, to make. <laughs> Listen, I, look, you're you're allowed. It's just allowing yourself to lose, and that's okay. Yeah, you only learn from your losses. Like but, you learned that the Magna Carta isn't the biggest villain with a lack of it. It's exactly. the lack of Robin Hood. It's the lack of Robin Hood. And well, it's, but like, lacking it's, the Magna Carta is I. I mean, I'm chasing. It's up there. Guys, it's been two or three years since we read King John. Yes. It's been a while. Been a while. Did you guys go look or did you just say, you know what? It was the lack of Robin Hood. Oh, yeah. No, totally. My only takeaway from King John, like the only part of the play that I still remember. Is that Robin Hood isn't in it? Well, is that Robin Hood isn't in it. 
but is the part where he gets cold feet about sending people to kill his nephew and he's like please don't kill my nephew and they come back like we couldn't go through killing your nephew and he goes to the guards he's like good news my nephew isn't dead and they turn around and go you mean this dead nephew and point to the dude who like tripped off a cliff and the guy who fell out of a fucking window and killed himself i'm sorry that was really funny it was so funny and that's all i remember about king john and then a monk poisoned him i think the fire my takeaway from king john is everybody says this is the worst play and it's not it's not it's not. Well, no. That's it's Henry the Sixth, Part One. Um, <laughs> Henry the Eighth. I can't picture them. that scene from King John without thinking of uh, that scene from Holy Grail, <laughs> where the kid that is, you know he wants to sing and his dad won't let him. <laughs> it's like it, that's what I picture is the nephew, and then he eventually <clears throat> throws himself out the window. On, let's yeah. let's see how many Monty Python references we get. I'm up. We're at two right now. Actually, we are. All right, but lack of Robin Hood, I think, is taking this one. Yep. Yeah, I mean, now, King John sucks, and the play the sucks. Problem, so the problem going forward is <laughs> is, it is the a lack of Robin Hood. Lack of Robin Hood. <laughs> it, well, I, there, there is no play with Robin Hood to counteract the lack of Robin Hood. So we have to judge, like, would this play have been better with Robin Hood in it because this is now here? I'm willing to I'm, accept I'm that okay that is that. a possibility that the greatest villain of Shakespeare is a lack of Robin Now, Hood. I was, as I filled out my bracket, I was maintaining the conceptual connection to its original play. Oh, yeah. so I wasn't. That's, that sounds I, so fun. I wasn't considering, like, you know, the patriarchy for everything because then it's always the villain. Right. But I was No, there are some things that can beat the, pa- the patriarchy, patriarchy like the overly complicated tests of love and loyalty. Or a yeah, lack of Robin But, <laughs> but I, Robin I do Hood. like the universal lack of Robin Hood moving forward. I am in support of that idea. <laughs> <laughs> so We make our own rules here. Yeah, that might be just our... We, we gotta take it out of the running at some point because it just can't smash the world. It might... It might otherwise destroy the world. This has been a Ghostlight Media Production.